0: Hey, good morning. I'm, I'm really excited when we did that. Thanks for having people stand up. Um, just a complete side but related note. Get to know people who aren't in the same place that you are. It's just such a good thing. It was so good to look out and, and for just a couple weeks to 36 years. It's so important to have people in our lives that understand what we're going through. But it's also absolutely wonderful to get to know other people who have been where you're going. You know, that's a good thing, too. Well, I'm excited. Today's Valentine's Day. It's an interesting year because this year, Valentine's Day falls on a Sunday, and Independence Day falls on a Sunday, and Halloween falls on a Sunday. So we're going to make sure at those different times that we, we, we pause on the other things we were doing and, and look at them from a, a biblical perspective, and, and we're going to do that today with Valentine's Day. And it was fun. I was, uh, hopefully you didn't sit on the chocolate today, if... <laughs> If you don't know what I'm talking about, when you stand up, stand up very slow, put your bulletin behind you. Um, but I'm, I'm, uh, I, was out, uh, I was out getting all these chocolates at Super Target right down in Lexington. And so I'm, I'm going to, to check out, and most of you are like this, when you kind of size up where you should go, right? And uh, when I don't see Dan working, there's another guy that I tend to go to. And because uh, he's fast, but he's also, you're always going to get an interesting... Potential sermon illustration out of out of your out of your checkout time, and so I, I see the guy, and, and his line wasn't super long, so I, I get in line with this guy. And sure enough, I, as soon as the the Hershey's kisses start rolling through in multiples, he starts talking about Valentine's Day. So I just kind of throw him little feeder lines to see where this thing's going to go, and uh, and he is he's a bona fide Valentine's Day hater. He is absolutely he. Um, and it and, and makes sense in his situation. He, uh, he said, here's what's going to happen. He says, people like you guys come and you buy all this stuff, and then somebody comes the day before Valentine's Day or on Valentine's Day and they're looking for a certain something and it's all sold out and it's all their fault, but they're going to blame me and they're going to blow it all on me. And he just goes on and on and on. And on. And I'm just like, oh, that's great. You know, I told him to uh, download Love Stinks. Uh, and to play it over and over again. That was my great pastoral care. Uh, <laughs> help from him. Anyway, so 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 he he just he he said he in fact these are his words, he said, Valentine's Day is the most worthless of all holidays. He said it's the most worthless. And and perhaps you feel the same way or similar. And it and it makes sense. Um, Valentine's Day really sets you up. And and it sets you up either for success or it sets you up for not success. Some of you can relate to, to the, to the uh, crying guy in the video where it, it doesn't set you up for success because it feels like whatever I do is not going to be as good as what somebody else does or I'm going to miss what they were looking for. You know, I, I think of when you know, the, the time comes and you remember, okay, I got flowers this year you know, and you think, I'm really doing well and then you hear about some guy who sells his motorcycle to buy diamond ring, earrings and writes a song for her and he gets down and plays it on the guitar and you're going... Oh, my flowers were just... You know, and it's almost like you want to get through the year. You know, if I can just get through and not do too much damage on this day, I'll call it a win. And then there's others who, you know, Valentine's Day brings back all the memories of the Valentine that you didn't get from a certain somebody. Or when you sent the Valentine, the perfect Valentine, and it wasn't reciprocated. And, and uh, those who are single, I was... Um, I married later than the national average. And uh, uh, I remember it really feeling like Single Awareness Day and how rough that is. You know, you just, you're like, ah, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. And, you know, and then there's others too where it's, it's you know, on a more serious note, we have, um, we have so many people who you're in the relationship and it's not what you had dreamed it was going to be. And a lot of folks, you, you know, you don't see hope because you don't know how it's going to turn. Uh, maybe you think it never will. And in our church, we have several folks who have lost loved ones. You know, lost family members, lost a spouse. And so for a lot of reasons, this is is a tough day. It's a tough day. But one of the things I want to do is to not just focus on the the, the hardness of this day for many, many people. But what I want to do is to say, you know what, especially as I was reflecting on it falling on a Sunday, Valentine's Day is a huge opportunity. It really is. It's a huge opportunity, and that's what I want to look at today. Um, I want to look at a biblical principle that I think you can use Valentine's Day as a reminder of and apply it, and it can make a big difference. At least it has the potential to make a big difference. Because what you don't want is this, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. What you don't want is this, you really don't want that, Really? You don't? Yeah, how does it look, Josiah? You don't want this. I'm sorry. You know, we'll figure this out sometime where actually everybody can see. Um, If you have to move, you can. Um, Although my drawings, I hesitate. Uh, My last drawing, I want to apologize um, for what will go down in infamy as the seed of Abraham. We'll say no more. Um, This, uh, it wasn't intentional. Halfway into my drawing, I'm like, oh boy. Add some more. Okay, this is what you want. This is right here. This is what you want, right? Just that you want that because this can lead to this. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so what we're going to do, rather than just end it there, <laughs> is we're going to explain it a little bit more. So let's pray, and then uh, and then we'll we'll jump in and see see what this biblical principle can do to make some sense to. My wonderful drawings. So let's pray. Holy Father, thank you that there's laughter today. Um, and we pray, Lord, that it's a day that can be inspirational. And Lord, we pray that it's a day that, that all of us, regardless of where we are, that you, through your Holy Spirit, can help us learn to apply. So God, help us, Lord, because what we're going to look at, you know, is, um, is hard for us as people. It goes against um, our fallen sin nature. It goes against our self. Um, But Father, through your spirit, you can change us. And we ask, Lord, that you'd open our minds and open our hearts. Let us see your word. Let it sink in deeply. Let it take root. Lord, let us be, um, give us ears to hear. Give us a heart to receive so that your good word can take deep, deep root in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, a couple, um, couple things I also want to point out is... The principle we're going to talk about today, the one we're going to look at through the scriptures, um, this applies whether or not you're in a romantic relationship. You'll have to do some transposing. I'm working really hard at trying to keep things tighter than they are, some Sundays, um, in terms of length. And uh, so there's a lot of stuff that won't be said today. And so if this is the kind of one where you can transpose it pretty easily in your head, instead of... thinking of it just in terms of a, a dating relationship, an engaged relationship, a married relationship, this is something you can apply. The principle applies to, um, to your, your relationship with your parents, relationship with your kids, brother and sister, friends. You'll have to do a little bit of changing of some of the language and some of the application, but it, it applies to all of us. You know, If you're at a place where you're, you ha- you're not engaged yet and, and you hope to be someday, start working on this stuff now. You'll, you'll save yourself all kinds of problems. All right, well, enough with all of the disclaimers. Let's, let's jump in. Let's start with this. Um, for our people on that side, last time I had it tilted a little bit here and all these people were mad at me, so your turn, sorry, to be upset and blinded from what's going on. Um, but anyway, we've got two, two lines here. This is what you don't want. And some of you, we've seen this before. We did this, um, I don't know, about a year ago. We drew this diagram. What this is is a diagram of most relationships at least with my highly non-scientific study. Because what happens is you've got, let's say this is the point where your relationship really takes off. You've got him right here, and he's so happy, and you've got her right here, total stereotypical dress and long hair, send the emails this week, because it's my email's kind of down right now, and I won't get them anyway, but hopefully by the end of the week, it won't. Okay, so anyway, so here's him and her. They're brought together. There's this chemistry that brings them together, and they start like this, but then life happens, and they begin to do this. They begin to live these parallel lives. You know, they're still in the relationship. There's a Define the relationship thing that, that def- says you're in the relationship together, and neither one of them necessarily is even questioning that, at least most of the time. But you begin to get busy, and you begin to do your thing. And so you begin living these parallel lives. And because we live in a fallen world, when you start doing that, when you start living the parallel lives, you don't just stay parallel, you begin to drift apart. And I remember um, we spent more time on this the first time we put this diagram out. And I remember looking out, and I think I don't think I've ever seen more pain in more faces when we spent more time explaining this because I think all of us can relate to this. If you're in a relationship for any extended period of time, this can start to happen. You know, where people who are brought together become roommates at best, and the pain that, that can come with that. So this is something that you you don't, want. You, you, don't, you don't want to fall in this. And so um, the principle we're going to look at helps us get out of this, um, this kind of momentum. If you brought your Bibles, let's open up to Ephesians 5, verse 33. If you don't have a Bible, um, we try to always have a stack of them there at the resource table. If you don't have a Bible at home, we would love for you to take one home um, as our, our gift to you. All right, well, let's take a look here. Ephesians 5, verse 33. As you're turning to Ephesians 5, and you can just leave, we're only going to be in Ephesians 5 here today, um, we're going to intentionally not get into some things. One of the things I'm trying to do a better job of is not to go to a place that we don't have time to really go to not just throw something out on a really highly controversial topic unless we have time to really dig into some of the nuances. And that's not because we're afraid of controversial topics. We've taken on some pretty tough stuff, and we will, um, because the Word of God takes us there. But what we're not going to try to do today is define words like submission, define what it means for a man to be a leader. We're not going to try that because it's so nuanced, and we would have to spend a lot of extra time. But we are going to look at just a... You know, 10,000 foot overview at this, this principle since we just have one day to look at this, um, at, at this period of time. So here we go. You got enough time to get to Ephesians 5? Here we go. Ephesians 5, uh, verse 33. However, each of you must also, what's the word they use? Love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must, what? Respect, Respect her husband. All right, now, it's important to remember that what we're looking at here is is relationship advice from God himself. This came through a person named Paul, but the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write these words. So we're looking at at, at relationship advice from God himself, relationship advice for men, relationship advice for women. The verse begins with men, so let's start with men. Uh, So let's open up. um, If you have your notes, let's open those up. And of course, my notes are exactly where I left them. I just don't know where that place would be. But, thanks. Phil, you want to grab me one? There it is. I left it back with Levi. But I've got Isaiah's. Because he knows all of this already. I'm good. I'm good. We'll talk to Ann about that. Now I've got double notes. These have the answers, yes. And you know what? You better take this back just so that Ann doesn't get word that you weren't taking notes today. Um, (laughs) That would... That would be, all right, we are trained professionals here. Don't try this at home. Okay, here we go. Um, Now, halfway down your sheet, let's write down this advice to husbands. Um, Husbands are not commanded to just work on their relationships. Husbands are told to do something more specific, and that is to what? Love. Husbands, love your wives. Love your wives. There's a big difference between working on the relationship and loving somebody. And we could go there if we had more time, but we're going to keep moving. And now, husbands, you're not just told to love your wives. You're told to love your wives with a specific kind of love. Many of you, if you've been around the church world for a while, you've heard that um, that the New Testament was written in Greek. At least most of the New Testament is written in in Greek. And one of the things about uh, the Greek language is that they have more than one word for love. In the English language, we've got this one word that can mean so many different things, right? What's an example of something that you could use the word love for in the English language? Your iPod. I love my iPod. What else could you use it for? My clothes. I love my clothes. What else? Chipotle. Chipotle. I love Chipotle. What else? My My Xbox. I love my Xbox. All right, now beyond the superficial, I love... My parents, yes, I love my pastor. pastor. <laughs> Jeff, you the man. All right. <laughs> you can have my chocolate. All right. So, so you see this word love, right? It, it, it can mean everything. Everything from our parents to somebody we're crazy about to a first grade crush to a 36-year-old marriage. Um, you, you, there's all these different things that the word love can mean. Well, in Greek, they had four different words. Um, that they could apply, and here, here they are again. This is a, we're just going to do a really quick blow through on this, but they had the, a, a word called eros, which was a possessive, often physical love, not not as negative as necessarily it may come across, but it, it had often was dealing with the romantic side of love. There's phileo, that's um, affectionate, warm friendship love. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, kind of has that concept there. There's storge, that's family love and affection, and there's the word agape. And agape stands out from the rest of these, not only because it's used the most in the Bible. In fact, I think only agape and phileo show up in the New Testament. But it's the one that's used the most. It's an unmerited meaning. It's a love that that you give even if they don't deserve it. It's self-giving rather than you're, you're wanting something in return. And it's often, it's sacrificial often. It'll cost you something. Take a wild and crazy guess which one of these was used. Agape. So husbands, you're not just told to love, you're told to agape. Agape your wife. Agape her. You know, um, you're supposed to love with a love that's not selfish. Love with a love that doesn't try to possess. Love with a love that seeks the highest good for her rather than, um, than what you think you should be doing. So guys, that's our relationship advice. And that's relationship advice, not from the guy at the bar who's got a train wreck for a life, but has lots of advice to give, right? This is, this is relationship advice inspired by the Holy Spirit. Love with agape love, love that isn't selfish, love that seeks the highest good, even if you get nothing in return. In fact, it's worth noting at this point that Valentine's Day, there's all kinds of, um, all kinds of, Opinions regarding its origin, but almost all sources that you look at trace the actual St. Valentine's Day to a pope who declared St. Valentine's Day 496 or something like that. And the person that he named it at, either persons or persons, were named Valentine, and they were martyrs. They gave, they did an act of love. They understood love so deeply that they laid down their life. They followed. Christ, that literally, they laid down their life for, um, for, for love. So that's the relationship advice from God to man. Husband, love your wives like that. Um, in fact, uh, married men, I want you to raise your hand. All right? I want you now to take that hand and point to another guy who just had his hand up. Point to another guy. Look in the, look in the eye. Say, love your wife. All right? And, and I do that kind of, you know, half-joking, but that's something, brothers, we need to do a better job of as a church. We need to do a better job of looking each other in the eye and saying, love your wife. And there's a reason why we need to do it and why the women shouldn't be doing that. And we're going to get to that here in, in a minute. So, fellas, I'm serious. I, I would love for us to increasingly go to a place where we can have that kind of relationship. We can look each other in the eye and say, love your wife. Love her. You know? All right. So that's a relationship for advice, for men. Okay, now for women, the relationship advice, notice it's not love your husband like you love yourself or like you want to be loved. That's not the advice. Elsewhere, we're to love all people, we're to agape all people. Yep, that's in there. So it's not like wives don't love your husbands with agape. But in this particular instance, there's a distinction that's being made. Guys, you agape, women, you don't necessarily, my advice isn't just to love like you love yourself. Sending him flowers and love notes and a coupon for the spa um, isn't going to have the same effect as the, what we're going to look at. Um, every night after supper, sitting down and talking about every little detail of, of his life, that's not necessarily what's going to bring him closer to you. Okay? Now, guys, we that's part of agape-ing, which is I'm sure exactly how you pronounce it in, in Greek, agape-ing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so that's part of us agape-ing, but, but Women, that's not going to have the same effect on on him. Um, It's not going to win his heart necessarily by just giving him lots of hugs and kisses and affection with no expectation that you go any further physically. That isn't necessarily going to be what um, is going to be helpful. Um, The advice that God gives is to what? Respect. To respect. Respect is like agape for men. That's my big phrase. I didn't hear a single amen from a guy, but that's because he's sitting next you to a woman and you can't, I can't say nothing. We're talking about relationships. I'll just get in trouble. We learned that lesson early, don't we? That's, no, don't say that's true. <laughs> I'll say it because I don't think Laura's here. Yeah, that's right, because she's here. Okay, don't say it aloud. Okay, um, but let me just say some things. Let me say some things. And fellas, don't amen out loud. Um, but disrespecting your husband is one of the best ways to undermine your relationship disrespecting your husband is one of the best ways to drive him away or to shut him down. It's one of the best ways to get this funnel thing going. Just like for guys, not treating her with agape. One of the best ways to to have that happen. So what does that look like in practical terms? Appreciate his hard work. Compliment him on him. Recognize his accomplishments. Thank him for doing the best he can. To provide and to fix stuff and, and to do things that he does. It, it, sometimes it means respecting his need for space, respecting the fact that he needs to be alone and, and doing your best not to take that personally. Brag him up in front of others. There's a reason why there's a joke the frail ma- male ego. You know, brag him up in front of others. When he's there and when he's not there, honor him. You know, you, you can, it's very easy to point out the ways he falls short. We all fall short. You're doing this if you do. That's really easy. It's, it's easy to jump on him, to remind him of all that he isn't. It's really easy to do that. Look at what the word of God says. Um, these are verses that I showed, at least, uh, showed you at least once before. This is out of Proverbs. Look at, look at the strength of the language here. Better to live on the corner of a roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Better to live in a desert and with a quarrelsome and ill-tempered wife, Laura and I went out to the movies on, um, on Friday, and Jerry Seinfeld, I guess, is teaming up with somebody, and they're going to have a new um, new TV show. And they're going like, to go into couples that are fighting, and then they're going to tell them who's right, which is, yeah, that's going to work. Um, <laughs> but they set up this whole bit by, by having Seinfeld in Minnesota, and uh, he was out in his ice fishing house. And he goes, something to the effect of, man, relationships and." Minnesota must be horrible if this is where guys go to be alone, you know? Is there, these two New Yorkers are in there going, you know? Obviously, they don't get the joys of, of ice fishing. But they, um, But anyways, it was just funny. All right, so um, so anyway, women, this is why I say don't, don't be the one who's pointing the finger at him, saying, why aren't you agape me? You know, why can't you do better? Why can't you do this? Because even though... The end result you 're looking for is probably a good one. The act of you doing that does this. Does that make sense? and so sometimes and this is true for both of us, sometimes the mo- both being men and women sometimes the most direct result, way to the result you 're hoping for is not the most direct approach you know and, and that 's something we certainly see when it comes. Um, you know, to, to the scriptures and what it seems to be saying. Okay, because what happens is when, when you get into this whole idea of we're not we're not agapeing and they're not respecting, then you get to this other picture, which is, again, one that we've, we've shown before. This won't all be a repeat. But some of these things are worth re, re, um, revisiting. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I think Valentine's Day is so important. Because Valentine's Day is this opportunity for us to remember, oh yeah, when was the last time I acted in love? When was the last time I, what's our relationship like? You know, women, most women get this from a very early age. When they, they they know that if we don't intentionally work on our marriage, when we, if we don't intentionally love each other, we're going to do this or this. And so most women, they get it. So guys, let me give you a different analogy. Guys, one of the reasons we have to work on things is because, take your car. If you don't change the oil, if you don't replace the brake pads, if you don't do ongoing investment into your vehicle, what happens? It breaks down. If you just wait for the problem, that's too late. How much more is it important to really sew into the relationships that matter most? Does that help? We track a little bit better now you guys are way beyond that. Anyway, okay, so so this is what we want to avoid because what this is, it's called the crazy cycle and it's called the crazy cycle for a reason because it's crazy, all right? And here's what happens. Without respect, if a guy's not feeling respect from the person that he loves, then this crazy cycle happens where because he's not feeling respect, he either shuts down or somehow... Stops loving the way she wants to be loved, so he's not agapeing. So without respect, he starts treating her not the way she wants to be treated. So without love, is she going to just jump to respect? No, she'll get frustrated, and that finger comes out. And why aren't you taking me out on a date? And he's thinking in his head because that would not be fun, you know. <laughs> Because I'll go and I'll hear all the things that I'm doing wrong or whatever, you know? So do you see how... So it's this crazy cycle. And here's the deal about the crazy cycle. It's easy to get on, isn't it? We, in our family, we get on this so easily. And once you get on, it's so hard to get off. It's easy to get on. It's so hard to get off. And what ends up happening is, because this thing is so real, and because this is like oxygen, respect is the oxygen for the guy, agape is the oxygen for the woman, you're suffocating, and so you start working with greater intensity, and so you, with even greater intensity, you do the same thing that's causing the problem to begin with, but now with greater intensity. So it makes it even worse. It's a crazy cycle. That's why it's called that. There's a book. Um, in fact, many of you, how many of you guys have either read this book or did the study? Yeah, a number of you have. It's good, isn't it? Um, there's, yeah, put the note in your, um, or the reference in your notes. It's called Love and Respect. Don't agree with everything he says, but uh, certainly agree with a lot of it. I also put two more books in there as well that are really, I think are really good ones and that, are, that, are, that are helpful, helpful for what, what we're talking about. So again, it's so hard to get off that cycle. And one of the reasons it's hard to get off that cycle is because a lot of things they teach us don't help with this. Like, I I had this blinding fashion, obvious, when we were caught in this cycle once. Because we're down on our couch, we're talking, and we're both using I feel statements. You know? I feel, I feel. You're supposed to use I feel statements, right? But what was happening is we're both, I feel, I feel I feel this. Well, I feel this. Well, I feel this. I feel this. We're not listening. And you can, when you, I feel, all night long... But if you're not really listening, does that even help? No. In fact, sometimes it's even more frustrating because you feel like you're not being heard. The only way I know to get off the cycle is for somebody to get off the cycle. It might seem real obvious, but that's really, really hard, isn't it? The only way to get off the cycle is to get off the cycle. And so um, I have another blank in your notes. It says, who should go first? How many of you know what I think... That should be. Who should go first? Yeah, you should. People are pointing. She should, he should. Who should go first? You should. That's how you should answer that question. Who should go first? You should. You may be completely justified in why you think they should go first. But who should go first? You should. If you want to get off this thing, you can just wait. You can wait for them to all of a sudden go, you know what? You're completely right. I'm completely wrong. I apologize. All right. Good luck with that. Who should go first? You should. And now let's look at, um, at what the scripture has to say. Again, this, this is pretty much the whole message of the Bible, but let's just look at one example from Ephesians 5. Because Ephesians 5.33 is not just this little verse that sits in isolation from the rest of the text. It's in a bigger context. And here's a, here's a glimpse into the bigger context. Um, let's go Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 2. Going first is Christianity 101. 1. And we forget it. It's so often, to, you know, how often do we forget the fundamentals and it just gets us in trouble. And again, when I say we, I completely mean we. Um, Looks like Laura couldn't get out from the kids thing today. Otherwise, she would be giving the loudest amens in the room and they would be well deserved because I can fall into this thing so easy. All right. Ephesians chapter five um, verses one through two. Here's how the chapter five starts. Just, or uh, because, You know what, let me, yeah, here we go. Follow, whose example? God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children. And walk in the way of love. And which type of love do you think they're talking about here? Walk in the way of agape, yep. Just as Christ agape did us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, as it was so beautifully sung in that hymn that we did, the last song, that was perfectly chosen, Phil. I can say it because it wasn't me choosing that. Um, so the word, if we were reading this in Greek, we'd see the word agape, except it would be in the different form. Agape is actually, it's a noun and a verb. It's pretty cool. But we find out that Christ agape us first. He didn't wait until we were worthy of, our, of love or worthy of respect. He loved us first. He went first. It was a first Love, while we were still sinners, God agape us. And it's interesting, there's a really interesting tangent you could go off as far as this is very much related to a question why a lot of us think um, why doesn't God answer my prayers the way I want them answered? And there's a related note here of that, and we won't go off on this too far, but let's just go off on a little bit. Think of yourself, you know, God reveals himself as Father, as a father or as a mother. What would happen if you gave in to every request that came from your kids? Would that lead to love? No. It leads to them being spoiled little brats. And it leads to them, when you don't give them what they want, this you know little terror comes out. Because they're used to getting everything they want. You're feeding self. That's no different than, than this whole thing. Ah! Where the parallel lines. (laughs) It never happens at other churches or on the podcast, right? Well, anyway, um, but now it'll be easier to hold up, so it's all good. This, um, you know, this is, if we're just wanting God to answer every prayer, this is us. We're going our own way. It's a selfish deal, and we're just wanting God to, 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 to dump these things in. That doesn't lead to agape, you know, if you're just giving people everything they want. Or think of another analogy, um, the analogy is given that Christ is the bridegroom and the church is the bride. And think of, um, think of those people who, who marry for money. All the money in the world lavished upon them, does that lead to love? No, it doesn't. All of the answered prayers the way we want them, all of the lavishness of stuff, that doesn't lead to agape. Agape leads to agape. Agape. And that's what Christ did for us. That's the example he set. Instead of answering every prayer the way we want it, giving us all the things we want, even proving himself the way we think he should prove himself, that stuff doesn't lead to agape. But when we really grasp the sacrifice he made, when we really grasp how he first loved us when we were not worthy, that has the power to change. Our hearts that has the power to change our our whole orientation. Agape works better than flowers. I wrote in my notes. All right, and this is true for multiple reasons. All right, which brings us to our third drawing. All right, what I just said there is, a, is 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 this whole idea of of drawing near to God. It it has a chance to transform our relationships, and that again is for a number of reasons. Let's take a look at at this drawing now. Many of you have seen this in one way, shape, or form or another. This dot here represents him. This dot here represents her. And what does the dot at the top represent? God. And so, as he and she grow closer to God, they grow closer to each other. And there's a whole lot of reasons for this. A whole lot of reasons for this. One of them is very, very simple. Um, It gives you common values, right? As you pursue a relationship with God, a lot of the things that we fight about, we, we find some common ground. We find out instead of just fighting about finances, we start to realize, right, well, here's what God says about money. Instead of fighting about kids, well, here are some of the principles God says about kids. Even in conflict and how we treat each other, here are some of what God says. So some of the things that divide us, we now have some common ground as we do that. So that makes sense. That's one of the reasons. But the other one has more to do with this, what we are just talking about, with understanding that God loved us first. Because very few things will help you be able to love someone else than to realize how loved you are. When you start to realize God's love for you and what that really, really means, you begin to have a whole lot more grace for other people. Let's put up uh, the next, next slide. It's loving as we've been loved. God loves, loves us and loved us when we make mistakes, called sins of commissions. We did things that were wrong. God still loved us first. We've all... Um, not done things we should. God loved us first. We've all fallen short of his perfect standard. God loved us first. And as we start to get that, we realize, all right, God loved us first. And we start to see ourselves the, the way we should. And this, this whole thing kicks in. The Bible gives the analogy of, of us beginning to see that we've got this big old plank in our eye and we're trying to take a sawdust speck out of somebody else's. We start to realize that, hey, I've got all kinds of issues. I'm not as lovable, you know, as maybe I thought I was. And it makes it easier to extend love to others. Because, you know, as far as making mistakes... People that you're in relationship will do things that you don't want them to do. You'll do the same. People you're in relationship with will not do things you wanted them to do. You're no different. People in relationships are going to fall short of your expectations for them. Guess what? And as we begin to see this, it helps to realize, you know what? I've got my failings, I've got my shortcomings, too. And I can ask God to help me work on my stuff and I can love them with their stuff. Few things will help your relationships more than an honest look in the mirror. Okay, so back to our triangle here. Um, One of the reasons why it helps our relationships if we grow closer to God is because we get common values, we get common ways of, of approaching life. Another one is we begin to realize, hey, we were loved when we were in this state. We are all falling short, you know, just like the people that it's hard for us to love. Um, But here's another reason. I want to give at least one more here. And this is out of Ephesians 5. Let's open up to Ephesians 5, uh, 15 through 21. Here's another thing that can kick into play to help your relationship as you pursue a relationship with God. It can help your other relationships. All right, Ephesians 5, this will be the last passage we look at today. Ephesians 5, uh, 15 through 21. It says be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity like Valentine's Day because the days are evil therefore do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Um, And then it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So instead of getting drunk with wine, we're to be filled with the Spirit. And again, here's a, here's a tangent we, could, we will at different times go way deeper into, but just a 10,000-foot snapshot. Elsewhere, the same author writing this talks about some of the things the Holy Spirit can do in your life. The Holy Spirit can produce things like peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. How many relationships would be better if we had more of that happening in our lives? So in addition to having common values, in addition to helping us understand that you know, we're not all that, we can also, as we pursue a relationship with God, we can pray for, God to, for the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, as the, the terminology is sometimes used, we can pray for that same Spirit to be doing these things in us. And again, I would say, sure, pray for you know, your, your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your son, your daughter, your friend, whatever. Pray for them but make sure you're praying for yourself because it's so easy to go, God, if you would just let them see how stupid they are, you then everything would be better. If you start praying, God, open my eyes. God, give me patience. Give me peace. Give me kindness. Because as you do that, then there's potential here because we can get to this last place where instead of just being on the crazy cycle, instead of just responding negatively to each other, you know, You can get to the place where he loves. And just maybe if he starts responding in love, she's going to be able to respond in respect. At least there's a better chance. And as she responds in respect, it just makes it easier to respond in love. And then, I wasn't planning on this, but let's just do this little big happy face right there. Look what happens to your relationship. It's all that easy, right? No, it's not. In fact, let me just put some stuff up on the screen. And this is not as long as the list could be. Going first is what? Hard. It's Hard, and this is why we stay on the crazy cycle because it's hard. Almost all of us in our head know this. How do we know this? Because in the moment of tension, we go, "If she would just then, or if he would just then, if he was worthy of respect, I could give him respect. If she was more lovable, I could love her." You, you see, that's going in our head. It's going in their head too. It's hard, but we know that it's the best way. It number one, it feels unfair especially if it is more unfair. And there's a lot of people, that's your relationship. It is unfair. What they're doing to you is way worse than what you're doing to them. And especially in those situations, it's going to feel unfair. It's not a quick fix. Um, You can tell I have to keep my... Object lessons to a minimum here because they fall apart. So it's mean, probably good. I was thinking if I could bring a bike. You know how you get that bike wheel cranking you ever when you're a kid? You turn your bike upside down. You spin that thing around, you know? Okay, well, when I was a kid, I spun this thing around. And did you ever try to grab it with your hands? That's hard, isn't it? You know? Because it's spinning so fast. And if the, if the crazy cycle spinning in your life and you try to respond a different way, you're generally going to get hurt. Because what's going to come out first is there's so much anger that thing's got so much negative momentum it's going to go, well, of course you shouldn't have it. And you're going, what did I just do? My worst nightmare. It's acting just like I thought. I tried a little respect. He takes advantage of it. Or I tried a little love. She takes advantage of it. That's because this thing's spinning. So even when it's going to work, chances are you're going to get some blisters as you first start applying that pressure. Number three, it's not a standalone principle. Just doing this is not always enough. This is not nuanced enough for the real world because there are some situations where by showing respect in the wrong way, you can lead to all kinds of very dysfunctional stuff. You can actually be feeding a dysfunctional pattern or by responding in agape inappropriately you could be empowering and saying yes to things that are not okay to say yes to. So there's other principles you have to play in too. So it's not just a standalone principle. So it's hard. Number four, it might get worse before it gets better. We kind of touched on that earlier. And number five, it might not work at all. It might not work at all. Nobody loved better, nobody paid better than Christ himself. Did everyone respond to that love? No, do people still respond to that love? And if it didn't work for him, there's a chance it won't work. But it's your best shot. It's your best shot. Because you can stand the crazy cycle and just expect, well, one day he will get off, one day she will get off. You can, you can take that chance if you want. You can just hope. Or, or you can just disregard God's, what God says here and just go, well, that's what you say, God, but... You don't know my situation, so I'm not going to try it. That's your choice. Or you can go first. Um, the movie that we went to see uh, on Friday night called Valentine's Day. Um, can't fully recommend everything about it, but I can, uh, I can point to this quote by the brilliant theologian Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> I don't think he wrote it himself, but anyway, he says this, and I completely agree. He says, love is the only what? Shocking act left on the planet. Eros isn't shocking. People get that. Phileo is not a shocking. People get that. Storge, people understand you're going to love your kids. What kind of love can be shocking? Agape. Agape is your best shot. To love in a self-sacrificing way is your best shot to change a heart. Loving in a giving way, best chance to change Save the relationship. Not easy, but it's your best shot. Well, let me ask the worship band to come up. We're going to close with a song. Let me, um, let me pray as we go into this time of offering ourselves um, and offering our, our gifts if you, if you brought an offering today. Let's pray. Father, um, we need your Holy Spirit because we, we just can't do this on our own. Um, we are selfish and we confess that before you. And we confess that, that we can think of every excuse why and we, we will point to others and, and we'll even neglect what you ask us to do because it looks hard or it looks impossible. God, give us eyes to see. Give us faith. We need faith to apply this. So Lord, we pray right now that in this time as we sing the song of open hands, Lord, let us release um, our control. Let us look to you. In Jesus' name, amen.